You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Hello and welcome into another edition of Three Mall. I am John Kurtz. Joined, as always, by Derek Young from K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former B-Rider for the Manhattan Mercury. And today, we preview the most anticipated matchup of the college football bowl season. Perhaps the college football season, it is the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando with an edible Pop-Tart mascot on the line, K-State and NC State. Uh, We'll duke it out, and the K-State roster is going to look quite a bit different. We will cover that ad nauseum here on the show today, which of course is brought to you by our friends at Holiday Distillery. I'm sure they're huge Pop-Tart fans, but pair with your Pop-Tarts some 360 vodka or some Ben Holiday bottled in bond bourbon. That seems like it would go well with like perhaps a s'more Pop-Tart, maybe my favorite, the brown sugar cinnamon. And if you're going more like the, the frosted strawberry route, that seems to match up well with some 360 vodka. So make it happen. Get your bowl party ready with our friends from Holiday Distillery, who are great K-State folks who support the pod. So go show them some love, people. Please go show them some love. All right. A lot has happened uh, since the last time K-State played a football game. I was thinking about this and doing the outline and getting ready for this show. Like, damn, man. Like, that was the the Iowa State game feels like it was eight months ago. Um, And honestly, thank God, because that was a, a disastrous performance, obviously, by the defense. But ton has happened. Colin Klein left. Will Howard is in the portal, potentially headed to USC. At least as we record this, that has not, I have, I have not seen that become officially official. Um, but 15 guys in the transfer portal, there, there is going to be a lot that looks different about this team. But the thing that we know will be the headline of the game is the fact that the Avery Johnson era begins in earnest with this one, as he will be K-State's starting quarterback and damn near the only quarterback that K-State will have, and, and D.Y., I think that certainly is is where we have to start when you think about this game. The fact that Avery Johnson will get a chance to go out there with the new offensive coordinator and Connor Riley, um, but Avery Johnson will hopefully get a chance to be totally unchained, uh, no more training wheels like when he was out there most of the time during the regular season. We'll get to see him cut it loose. Yeah, you'll probably, you're going to, for the first time, be introduced to what a game plan, a full game plan will look that is exclusively tailored to Avery Johnson and see him with all parts of the offense um, in terms of the playbook and what they can deploy, but doing it under a different play caller and perhaps doing it with different weapons. You'll still have DJ Giddens, but you'll probably see Joe Jackson as that next running back who's a true freshman that hasn't really played almost at all this year. I think he got in one game maybe. And then receivers – you're not going to have Phillip Brooks, but everybody else, I, unless I'm glossing over something, should be uh, in the fold. You'll probably see Seth Porter more in the slot now because Phillip Brooks isn't there. Maybe you see a little bit more Jaden Jackson. Keegan Johnson will obviously be there. Does Trey Spivey start to work himself in? Obviously, Jace Brown will as well. So, yeah, I think it starts and ends there, and it'll be the first test for Avery Johnson as a starting quarterback. He does have one start already in his career, but it came as a wide receiver against, I believe, TCU, um, which will be an interesting trivia question for later down the line when we review his career and, and what unfolded. But the, I think this is pretty important, not only for Avery Johnson to gather this experience, and he's going to 
face a challenging NC State defense, but it'll be a good experience for Connor Riley too, who just might be, you know, eventually the permanent offensive coordinator, even though they're giving him the interim tag, at least temporarily. And but they also, in a way, have to prove Davery Johnson that he's in good hands as well. And I think that's pretty critical. Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the Connor Riley thing is probably the most fascinating part. Look, I'm very excited to watch the young guys play in this bowl game. It gives me more excitement than I've had in a long time to see Avery Johnson, Joe Jackson, potentially Trey Spivey, Jace Brown, Garrett Oakley, guys that we have seen a decent amount this year as well, and then some guys on the defensive side of the football. But, you know, when it comes to the offense and Avery Johnson, I want to see what this system looks like with Connor Riley leading it and what the the route trees and the passing game potentially looks like. I have no doubt that you know, he'll be able to call a solid run game. He's been a run game coordinator in his career and at Kansas State, um, you know, is in charge of a lot of those blocking assignments in the running game as well as in pass pro. But I want to see what that passing game does look like with Riley. And to your point, D.Y., I think it's going to be critical, you know, to show Avery Johnson uh, and these other guys in the system that they're uh, they're going to be balanced, that they're going to throw the ball a decent amount, and that they're going to be explosive still and be creative. So, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what a Connor Riley – offensive system looks like this is his first time calling plays in his career we believe and so uh, that's going to be fascinating to me uh, to see how they do and if he is then named which we do expect to be the permanent offensive coordinator after the bowl game and then Kansas State goes out and gets its quarterback coach so uh, really looking forward to it and uh, looking forward what Avery Johnson does uh, to what John just said uh, with the uh, the training wheels kind of let go and uh, letting him operate with the full playbook uh, which we know he's capable of doing. Yeah, and this will kind of merge headline one and headline two. Headline one is Avery Johnson era begins. Headline two, Connor Riley taking over. We expect probably is the permanent offensive coordinator here. But yeah, I mean, the game plan, I, I would hope, involves him throwing the ball considerably because, you know, it seemed like there was some some grumbling perhaps behind the scenes about the way Avery Johnson was used throughout the year. It started at Mizzou with the the packages where he was coming in on second and long just to run the ball. Um, later on in the year, uh, Colin was very hesitant to have him throw the ball, for instance, like at Texas when he got some snaps early in that game. It just seemed like he was never, never fully confident in letting him be able to just cut it loose and throw the ball downfield. And now, I mean, look, I, I, I hesitate to even bring this up because it's like a disaster scenario. We don't want to think about it, but I mean, he could still leave after the bowl game if there if there are feelings that are that are not totally positive about what is happening here. So I, it just feels like the stakes are actually you know we we think about bowl games and stakes are low and what does it really matter and hey it'll just be fun to see these guys go out and play and yeah if Colin Klein were still here as the offensive coordinator I would I would agree with that but it it does feel to me like the stakes are actually kind of high here because you want to make sure that you invoke enough confidence in Avery Johnson and his camp that. Connor Riley can be the dude to to lead you. Now, I guess the other thing is you could say, well, we didn't like how the offense looked and go make a change at offensive coordinator. But that just that just seems so out of Chris Kleiman's nature to do that at, at this point. That I, I mean, it would take, I would think, a disastrous performance there. And then you're going to be a little bit more limited in your options because you've waited so long uh, to, to go actually make a move here. And we, I feel like we've just, I can't remember if it's been Patreon or here on the the actual show, we discussed it quite a bit, but you you painted yourself kind of into a corner with all of that. So I just hope, I hope that it's it's something that looks more like what Avery Johnson would like it to look like, which is him getting an actual chance uh, to, to showcase his arm as opposed to just the legs. Yeah, I don't know that Avery Johnson necessarily has anything to prove in this game as we kind of know what he is from a skill set standpoint. 
And your first start being against NC State is is pretty challenging. That's one of the better defenses in the country year in and year out. I don't think anything about his particular performance is going to you kind of deflate the expectations or the hype at all. Uh, just because I think everyone understands the circumstances and the situation. I think they're still going to have a lot of excitement about him, even if there isn't a ton of success in that game. But if there wasn't a ton of success, then you you will have questions, you know, about the offense's direction, who's in charge of it and all of that. And at the end of the day, I think the most important thing to walk away from in terms of this bowl game is to prove to Avery Johnson, like I said, that he is in good hands. I think there is, like, was it five five days after the bowl game or the train for portal remains open? Um, that's obviously a doomsday scenario. And I, and I don't – look, I think Avery Johnson's here for at least one more season. So I'm not even paranoid about it or worried about it, but you do have to prove to him that you're guiding him in the direction that he wants to go in. Yeah, I would agree with that. Look, I don't think Avery Johnson's going to go anywhere um, at this point. I don't think any of you guys are saying that there there would be a slim possibility. I think the biggest threats would have probably been the other two schools that finish in his top three in Oregon and Washington, and they both filled their quarterback spots already this offseason. Uh, with yeah, uh, Oregon. I would add Cole, or Oregon went with two guys. They have two yeah, guys. isn't that shocking, man? They we had they got Dante Moore. So Dante Moore just wants to sit for a year. He's content with that. Um, some guys are. He knows. And that'll be his show in a year. Maybe he felt like he was overwhelmed in his yeah. first year. But yeah. some guys really, really want to play, like Malachi Nelson. I think his list of schools kind of shows you what happened at USC, where he probably probably isn't a guy that, that lived up to the hype, but also probably a guy looking for a starting spot. I think that's what that was indicative of. And I think Avery Johnson really wants to start. He really wants yeah. – at least we know he wants to play. He wanted to play last year, um, this past season quite a bit and and obviously he did and he'll be a sophomore he didn't redshirt yeah when you look at all the schools that recruited him the hardest notre dame too they have riley leonard florida state they're fighting for cam ward right now and then oregon washington washington got will rogers from mississippi state so um you know there's not by by the, by the time december 28th rolls around there's not going to be most teams will have filled their quarterback spots by that and uh look I, we we don't expect anything to happen anyways we think avery johnson is staying for next season, but uh, just wanted to outline some other reasons why that could be the case. So, yeah, I but but Avery Johnson does not want to be used strictly as a running quarterback. He wants to throw the football. He wants to, I mean, he, when we had him on the pod earlier this year for the player interview brought to you by Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove, he talked about the negative connotation with him at the time was that he couldn't throw the football, and it, it did seem to annoy him. Uh, so I think he wants to chuck it around a decent amount, and, you know, with his build, you know, until he gets a little bit bigger and stronger, which he will this offseason, I, I don't think, you know, you can afford to be running him all that much. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would I'm interested to see the running game here because I don't I don't think they have him run the ball too many times, especially with the quarterback situation and potentially only having Jacob Knuth behind him, which, by the way, did we get confirmation, D.Y., that Knuth is good to go for the bowl game? Chris Klein just says it sounds good. Huh? Well, he he basically I was listening to a press conference last night before we recorded this, and he he just kind of like insinuated it. I mean, he basically just threw it out there like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's gonna happen. It'll be. I was just sort of like, I, okay, is that? For it sure? looks like it is locked in, but it was like it it will be fine. Like it isn't fine yet. Almost. Okay. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, the NCAA doesn't have any power over anything these days, right? So just play them anyways and see what they're going to do. So, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think I, I would be surprised if Avery Johnson, like on design quarterback runs, if he had more than maybe five to seven design QB runs and then maybe a couple scrambles. But I, I don't, I do not want to see them lining him up and trying to run him up the middle much on a bunch of QB design runs. I want to see him throw the football. Well, that, that is some of the concern to me. And look, I, I will just say this up front. Like, I, Connor Riley might be my favorite coach as far as like just a dude that I really like on K State staff. Um, I, I love him uh, for a number of different reasons. He's clearly done a really good job as an offensive line coach. And I think he's a guy that probably does have options. And, and maybe the offensive coordinator position here is is a bit of a nod to that. Like, hey, you know, you've been loyal here and stuck around with some other options. We're going to give you this opportunity. But, with a guy who's been this deep into his career without being an offensive coordinator, I think there are concerns that come along with that. With the fact that he is an offensive line coach, I think there are concerns that come along with that. Um, and one of those would be, like, you would think of him being a guy that would lean too heavily into the run. Chris Kleiman's case that he made at the press conference, and I think that we've heard, you know, privately is the case that he's made here, is like, look, we've had a lot of success on offense the last three seasons. Let's not change anything. Let's keep the continuity. Connor Riley knows the system. We'll roll with that. Uh, you know, I mean, I I got to be honest. Like, I don't I, I don't totally love that, but I guess I can see where the logic is there. I just let's let's hope that that's what happens uh, and that it's not going to be too too run heavy, because I'll just be honest. Like, again, love the guy. Would love to see him succeed. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, Andy Reid might be the best guy doing it. Colin plays right now. He's he's an offensive line dude. It's not impossible, but uh, I certainly have concerns. I'll just put it that way. I, I have concerns about it. Is he the best guy doing it anymore, Andy Reid? I who's 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 better at calling plays out there right now than Andy Reid? Well, I don't know. That Chiefs offense doesn't look too good. In- well, when he has capable receivers, yeah, he yeah, uh, he probably yeah. is. No, 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 I get it. I'm just uh, I mean, Shanahan. Shanahan would probably just, be a guy that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, but you, make 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 Kyle Shanahan use Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore as wide receiver one well, and wide receiver two, and I see what the hell happens. You guys on the team. Well, yeah, John. I'm just taking the subtle jab that I could because as a Packers fan, we do have a double. Uh, well, yeah. John Kyle Shanahan uh, is dealing with. Why don't you go tackle MVS again, DY? Why don't you go just tackle MVS at the three yard line again? I, I have no problem tackling him at the three yard line because he's wearing red instead of green anymore. So that's okay. Well, uh, Kyle Shanahan does have to deal with Brock Purdy and has made him capable quarterback. So, MVP, yeah. Brock Purdy, Brock. yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Anyways. I don't about know how we, yeah, I don't know how we got started on that. Okay, uh, DY, your thoughts on on Connor Riley? Uh, I like like you. I can see the logic of why they're doing this, or why Chris Kleiman is comfortable going this route. I'm not going to call it a somebody a bad hire when we don't know what they will look like as an offensive coordinator because they haven't been an offensive coordinator. I mean, he could go out and be really good. Who knows? Um, the stereotypes of an offensive line coach make it. Like I say, a less sexy hire. I can see why they're doing it and have no choice right now than to be supportive of it and hope it works out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and then the QB coach will be the very interesting to me as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see where K State goes on that front, too. I, I just don't love it because, you know, a trial run for a bowl game isn't necessarily the best audition to me as something to, you know, use as a gauge. I know they did it with Colin Clyde, and and I, it obviously worked out. I think it was a, uh, but but 
I mean, Colin had already been a coordinator. He was a coordinator at Northern Iowa. He was a co-coordinator at K-State in 2018, although that offense wasn't very good by any means. But uh, I, will, I will say Connor Riley had, had, was largely involved in the planning with Colin Klein. Like okay. He's, he's a run game coordinator, obviously, in the past couple of seasons as well. He's had that title. <laughs> Excuse me. I think he has been very involved, not necessarily with the play calling, but in working things out with Colin Klein the last year to to at least have the experience of what it may look like. The, the difficult thing to gauge from like the fan base's reaction will be from the bowl game specifically. You're going against a top twenty defense in the country, so what is like what what does a good offensive performance look like with Avery Johnson at the helm and Connor Riley calling plays? Is it them scoring? 24, 28 points against this NC State defense. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I, I, I guess we'll just have to see, but I, I wonder also what like Chris Kleiman would deem a success. I mean, you're going up against a really talented defense. We don't know if they're going to have all their dudes. Uh, we think Peyton Wilson may not play. Uh, there's been reports of that. And he's the Chuck Bednarik, you know, award winner for best defensive player in the country, first team All-American linebacker. But, you know, it's it's a good unit and Dave Doran's a good defensive mind. Yeah, and and just the the tough conversation that would have to be made if it didn't go well, or you or you weren't impressed enough to make it like right, like oh you tried, sorry, <laughs> try again. Yeah, and honestly, honestly, like even with that, I'm like that. As much as we're sitting here somewhat casting doubt on the decision, that also doesn't seem really fair to Connor Riley to be like, hey, it didn't go well, but you know it was a bold performance with a roster that's been hit a little bit to the portal and first actual start at quarterback for Avery Johnson against a very good defense in a bowl game. Like, yeah, it's just not a, it doesn't feel like a very fair scenario for anybody. And I would point out too that, yes, it did go very well for Colin Klein, but when Colin was doing it, it was against an LSU team in the Texas Bowl that had like 35 scholarship players. Like, they had nobody. Now, I know it was worse on offense where they basically didn't have a quarterback, but, you know, the defense, I'm sure, was really depleted too because they just didn't, their whole team was gone by that point. They're just interviewing Brian Kelly at halftime. So it was a much, it was a much more palatable uh, scenario for Colin Klein to have success. Um, much more conducive, better word there, much more conducive for Colin Klein to have success in his tryout. But uh, I digress. Uh, make sure that you try out home field apparel, everybody. In fact, you know, no tryout necessary. It's going to be great. Uh, the holidays, I think by the time you're listening to this have already come and gone, but that doesn't mean you can't still surprise somebody with some home field apparel or get it for you. You probably got some Christmas money burning a hole in your pocket. So get to homefieldapparel.com. Check out their 40 plus K-State designs there. It's what you'll see everybody wearing at Bramlage Coliseum at Bill Snyder Family Stadium next year. You see us wearing it consistently here. Uh, so make sure you get there and use the promo code 3 23 for 15% off your first order. Maybe that's the trial run. Look, you get it. You get fifteen percent off. All right. What what more could you possibly ask for? So tell them that three Ma sent you and get to homefieldapparel.com. You can also check out a hundred plus other schools if you have other fans of other squads on there. You want to be like DY and just mix it up a little bit. You can do all that at homefieldapparel.com. We're back with headline number three in just a moment. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. So lots to talk about Connor Riley and Avery Johnson, but also, I mean, you have some some hits, particularly on the defensive side of the ball in the transfer portal that could give guys an opportunity to step up. Um, will we see somebody else new flash? I mean, there will be opportunities there. Kobe Savage gone, Nate Matlack gone. I think we definitely like what K-State has done through the transfer portal uh, and a junior college transfer at defensive end next year. In fact, I think they'll be better at defensive end next year, but for right now, there is going to be an opening there. Uh, Phillip Brooks, Ben Sinnott, not going to play. So, you know, can, can a Trey Spivey make an impact? Garrett Oakley should have a chance to do more. And maybe we even get a scenario, uh, hopefully it's a positive one, where we get a, a chance to look at Jacob Knuth. So lots of opportunity out there, D.Y., for, for younger guys to step up that haven't had as much of a chance so far this year. Yeah, and probably some that you left out is, look, they're – they're losing the defensive ends, but I think only Matlack will probably miss the game. So you, you, you'll probably still have Duke and Mott and stuff will be in, you would believe, yeah. to to face NC State. But that still probably gives you one or two guys that can probably also make an impact here. In that vein, you're thinking Chidi Obiizer, Jordan Allen maybe, even though he hasn't played this year, um, are, are potential potential guys. And, you know, no Kobe Savage. I don't know how well the guys are cross-trained, but maybe that means more Colby McAllister, who's a redshirt freshman. Does Jack Fabris kind of get in there? Um, obviously, he didn't play after the first four games just so he could maintain a redshirt, and you can play in a bowl game. It doesn't go against your eligibility. So, uh, Wesley Fair, maybe. You know, those are guys just maybe taken into consideration. To be honest, at safety, though, you obviously are going to bring back Marquis Siegel, B.J. Ping, or two starters. Colby McAllister has played a lot of snaps. It'll be interesting since they're still in the roster. And let's put it this way. The guys that are still in the roster are the guys that they wanted still in the roster. If They were, I think, effective in encouraging those to leave that they no longer desired to be on the roster. So the Kendry Steiger and Daniel Copps are still here. So we would think that they still think that there's promising futures for those two. They're older guys at this point. So how quickly is – maybe this is the launching point 
for one or both of those guys as well in, in the secondary. We'll probably see Justice James some more in this game at corner, a junior college corner who got some snaps this year. We know they like him. He'll be back next year as well in all likelihood. Also came from Tyler Junior College along with Kobe Savage and some of those other guys they brought in. Uh, we'll give you a look at who could potentially be your third corner next year because Keenan Garber and uh, and Jacob Parrish will be penciled in probably as the starters with Will Lee departing and heading to Texas A&M. So uh, see him. Maybe Kanigel Thomas get some snaps in this game. True freshman corner who burned his red shirt this year playing special teams uh, primarily for Kansas State. A few defensive snaps. I don't know. I, I doubt we see him in this game, but Donovan McIntosh, a big corner who kind of you know matches the prototype of a uh, a Will Lee, a bigger corner that uh, I'm excited about moving forward into the future. So, you know, yeah, I think there's there's certainly some young guys that you could see a Wesley Fair, a Jack Fabris, like D.Y. mentioned. And, you know, you look at linebacker Austin Romaine, you know, with more bull prep and practices, you know, at middle linebacker, do they go with him? Do they go with, you know, Bo Palmer, who they uh, went with a little bit more down the stretch at middle linebacker? Hey, you don't have Jake Clifton, you don't have Ace and Newsome, obviously. Um yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys I'm looking forward to seeing. And, and Chidi Obi-Izor, you know, I'd love to see some more snaps for him in this game uh, with Nate Matlack moving on or Jordan Allen because we know those are two guys they're going to count on next year a decent amount. And on the offensive side of the football, I mean, you guys already hit it. I mean, Trace Spivey, uh, love to see what he could do with some more snaps. Uh, we know Avery Johnson has connection with him and Jace Brown. And I'm going to see Joe Jackson at running back because Joe Jackson is a guy that they may be relying on heavily next year as of now, he's probably your number two running back unless K-State gets somebody in the portals that we don't know of currently. It certainly could happen. Uh, but, you know, they know we know they like Joe Jackson, and uh, he's going to be counted on next year as that number two back because the other two guys that are going to be on the roster are going to be true freshmen at running back. I'm really glad you brought Joe Jackson up because, like, early on in the year, I'll, I got to be honest, it, very limited sample size, and it's unfair of me to judge him, but I, I just I didn't see much juice there in the couple carries that he got in the non-con, but that, that's exactly why this is important. They clearly like him. Their actions indicate they like him. What they've said indicates that they like him. So now, hey, show me. Show me, Joe Jackson. Go show me what you got. Because the, right now, I'm still sitting here like, Ooh, I'd kind of prefer a running back transfer to be thrown into the mix there. But hopefully I'm wrong, and, and Joe Jackson has some juice to show off. And also what I said about Nick Hendry staggering, Dino Cobbs being two other players that they kept around, so you would think that they believe that they can count on those guys next year. The same would apply to Tyler Nalone, who was the corner transfer they took last year from SEMO that didn't really factor in at all this year, but he had a redshirt available, so he was able to redshirt. Maybe, you know, with the quarterback situation being what it is for the bulk, maybe he's another one. Because, you know, the way I look at it, it's nice to get all these young players some snaps, and I get it. They're the, the bright, new, shiny toy that everyone wants to see. But if you're going to keep around these older players and not essentially process them out, then they have to be of value to you moving forward. And that would qualify for a guy like Tyler Nalom, Daniel Cops, and even McKendry Steiger. Well, look, I, yeah, I don't care who it is, man. I, somebody step up and give me optimism about next year you know I mean obviously Will Lee was a talented guy that you lost I, again I think we've reiterated many times they did not fight to keep him uh and anybody who watched the Iowa State game probably has some idea why you know that's hey that's one thing we won't have to watch a uh Super Mario Kart you know mushroom shoot a, a, an NC State running back forward 20 yards who's streaking down the field so at least there's that 
Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't care if it's an old guy or a young guy, like somebody that injects confidence in me that, that they're going to be OK. And generally, like in the secondary, I, I have a lot of trust with them in the secondary. So I, I don't I don't know that I place that at the top of my list of concerns for uh, for next year. And although that will, wouldn't be for the bowl game, I do like the, the pickup they got from Jordan Riley, a safety from Ball State. And, and let's be honest here. I mean, Keenan Garber was starting to get an increase in snap counts and starting some over Willie uh toward the end of the year i mean keenan garber was playing over willie he got willie got benched for garber multiple times in the back half of the season as well they really like garber you know having him back going into another year uh with reps at corner and then you know jacob Parrish next year i don't i don't worry too much about corner um but i have to, i think they have some young guys in the fold that they feel good about too but yeah to me it's it's also like you know you look at the offensive side of the football we touched on joe jackson you know, can he be like what DJ Giddens was, you know, in Deuce Vaughn's last year at Kansas State? Can he be the guy that rushes for 500, 600 yards next season for Kansas State while DJ Giddens is that workhorse at running back? And then I, you know, we're going to need to see a lot from the wide receivers. We know Jace Brown's got it, but can Trace Spivey be a guy with more time now because he didn't arrive for spring ball? Now he's had more time in the system, more bowl practices and reps uh, because they're, they're down some guys at wide receiver and, uh, we need to see something because right now, as you look ahead to next year, the only guys that I, I could say right now with confidence that I, I trust are have proven themselves. Uh, and albeit Keegan Johnson's been so injury prone that you get a ner- you get nervous about that too. But it's Keegan Johnson, Jace Brown, um, you know, then potentially Trey Spivey, and who else am I missing? I'm missing one guy. Jake to a lesser extent, Jordan Jackson. Jaden Jackson, yeah, he was productive, especially early on in the year. Um, with- you know, touchdowns. Um, I think he had the first touchdown in each of the non-conference games, if I remember correctly, yep. or at least two of them. So, it, and to be honest, something that's overlooked, and I know we're really extending this bullet point, but a second tight end. Like, is there really someone you can you know that you're going to be able to count on behind Garrett Oakley? They'll, they have four other ones, just none of them have really produced. Yeah, and I would actually, I was going to throw into the mix, his name has come up a couple of times, but Keegan Johnson, like, I, 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 they're they're going to be pursuing, and again, maybe by the time this airs, they they will have more going on at portal wide receiver. We'll have a little bit more intel at what's happening there. They're probably going to be bringing guys in, but also like they're gonna they need like and I hate I, I'm getting sucked back into I me from like October is sitting here like don't do it, John. Like don't do it, don't say it, don't get sucked into the Keegan Johnson hype again. But I'm gonna say it, man. I mean, he still has the skill set to be like a number one guy, and a lot of the word throughout the season was that he was having like some lingering injury issues or whatever. Well, you've had, you've had a month off now. Like you'll have plenty of time to get rested. He should be energized. It would be nice to see uh, a confidence inducing performance out of Keegan Johnson here in this game. Yeah. And as they, yeah. And as they build chemistry with Avery Johnson moving forward, this wide receiver core and to DY's point on the tight end front, we know Garrett Oakley is going to be a really good player. I'll tell you a guy that I love in last year's class that uh, is redshirting this year is Andrew Metzger, tight end out of Colorado. I uh, would love to see him maybe get a few snaps as well. Will Swanson obviously still around. Uh, D.Y., is Swanson back next year? He's got another year, right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, he's more of a blocking tight end, but uh, has caught a few balls this year. Uh, Andrew Metzger, Will Antio, two freshman tight ends, two tra- true freshman tight ends, um, you know, that potentially have bright futures in Manhattan. Do we see one of them in the bowl? We'll see. I don't know. If I had to guess, the bowl game will be Oakley, obviously Swanson, and 
Braden Lofton because he played some this year, even though sparingly. They have recruited very well at tight ends, and they're they're in the mix for some other really high profile tight ends. Obviously, a guy like Lincoln Cure uh, comes to mind as far as that goes. So, you know, I feel pretty good about the the long term future at tight end there. But all right, that was a lot on K State. Uh, they are going to be going up against an NC State team that has a really stout defense. Uh, Dave Doran has done a really good job there. Uh, honestly, to me, a, a surprisingly good job when you look at what they've done over the last like five years. It's better. It's it's pretty similar to what K State has done. Uh, they're just sneaky and kind of quiet because look, I, I, ACC football. I'll be honest, is pretty boring to me. It's I don't pay a ton of attention to it outside of the the very top, you know, which has been Clemson in essence with Florida State now emerging too. Um, what do we need to know, Cole? What do we need to know about good old NC State? You're, you're actually wearing NC State colors today, so I'm you know I'm a little little worried can, about can, this. Can I mention something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're actually playing for something really major for them for what they consider themselves. NC State has only won ten games once in the program history, and they can win their tenth game by being mm, shades, shades of Iowa State, huh? You know what? That's that's actually a really good call out, Dy, because do you recall two thousand two? And, and do you recall how upset Dave Doran was about the Holiday Bowl a couple years ago when UCLA pulled out and did the the COVID stuff? I, mean, I shouldn't say stunt, but UCLA pulled out of the Holiday Bowl game against NC State in 2021 at the last minute. The game was set to be played that night, and like five hours before kick, it got canceled because UCLA didn't have enough players. They said Dave Doran was really upset because he really wanted to get that 10th win. They were 9-3 and three going into that game, and he talked about how important 10 wins was to that program and how big of an accomplishment it would have been for him and that program. And they didn't get the opportunity to do it. Uh, it was uh, 2002. They actually won 11 games. Won 11 and three because they won the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame uh, that year. Um, to be clear, NC State's made three bowl games since 2018. If you remove the 21 thing, and they lost all three though. I mean, what was 2002? Philip Rivers back when they had Emmett QB. I remember watching that Tangerine Bowl against KU. Yeah. Ohio State beat them that year because Ohio yeah. State went on to win the national championship that year and beat NC State, who had Phillip Rivers, and beat Texas Tech with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I just remember one of those seasons, the Tangerine Bowl, and watching that. I mean, that NC State offense was was pretty darn good. I mean, to, to your Mom point. was the coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, to your point, uh, John, on NC State, similar profile to Kansas State over the last several seasons. They've won eight or more games in six of the last seven seasons. They've won nine in four of the last seven seasons. Um, you know, you look at them over the last three years, they're 26 and 11. You look at K-State over the last three, they're 26 and 13. So pretty similar profiles over the, uh, you know, recent years. And Dave Doran's a really good football coach. He's done a really nice job. At North Carolina State, it's a team that started the year four and three. They've won five in a row, so they're hot. They beat eight and four Clemson. They beat eight and four North Carolina, seven and five Miami, six and six Virginia Tech during their five game winning streak down the stretch. They're 35th overall in Brian Freemouth's FEI ratings. Offense is more of the weak point for this team. Defense is the strength. Their offense is ranked 77th in the FEI. Their defense is ranked 14th in Brian Freemouth's FEI ratings. It's going to be the second best defense K-State has faced behind only Texas, which is ranked seventh nationally in the FEI. So we can start with the uh, the North Carolina offense. That's uh, more of the weak point, as I mentioned. 
like their their uh, other quarterback, MJ Morris, entered the transfer portal. He played in four games and then announced midseason that he was going to enter the portal. He had actually came in in place of Brandon Armstrong, a veteran quarterback who's thrown for almost 11,000 yards in his six-year college football career. Uh, Morris entered the portal, so they're they're kind of down to to one guy that they truly trust at quarterback as well. Armstrong actually leads them in rushing with 544 yards on the ground, has over 1,800 rushing yards in his career, averaging 4.3 yards per carry during his career. It's honestly surprising to me because I think of Brendan Armstrong as a drop-back passer, especially when I watched him at Virginia in 2021 when he uh, he threw for 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and 4,500 yards through the year where he averaged also completed 65% of his balls and almost nine yards per pass that season before he transferred to NC State. Armstrong's thrown for a little more than 1,600 yards this season, completed 62% of his passes, nearly seven yards per pass attempt. He really struggled in 2022 at Virginia. He threw seven touchdowns, 12 interceptions, averaged only six and a half yards per pass over the last two years. Counting this year, he's got 18 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. So you can force him into some mistakes. Um, it's a team that doesn't run the ball well. You know, we talk about the Iowa State game. Iowa State actually is one of the most explosive teams in the country in terms of explosiveness. In that last game, we saw what they did to K-State. North Carolina State, per our guy, KSU underscore fan, Jimmy, is 109th in offensive explosiveness. And they've also had three different games this year where they've rushed for 20 yards or less. No running back on the roster has 300 yards rushing or more on the team, so they they struggle to run the football. 1.93 points per drive. That ranks 81st nationally, and we've talked about him before, but uh, Kevin Concepcion, he's a five foot eleven freshman receiver. He leads their team with 767 yards and 64 receptions. He's also their second leading rusher with 247 yards on the ground. They only have three guys with over 200 yards receiving. Concepcion, he's a really good player. Three 100-yard receiving games this year. Only player in the FBS with 750-plus receiving yards and 250-plus rushing yards on the season, and he's the first FBS player to do that since 2021 and is the ACC Rookie of the Year. So he's that big weapon that they really have. You lock on him, they don't have a lot of other guys that can can really kill you. And I mentioned earlier their, their FEI rating of 77, according to Brian Fremont would be the second worst among all K-State opponents this season, only ahead of Baylor. That helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was definitely definitely helpful. Yeah. Uh, 98th at 4.9 yards per play, you know, average four yards per carry as a team on the ground, 74th and sack percentage allowed at six and a half percent. So there's just not a lot of things that stand out about this NC State offense. But we transition to the defense. This is their calling well, card. Well, I was, I, I've got one thing to throw in. This is fairly off topic, but did you see where Morris was the kid that transferred, right, at quarterback? Did, yeah. did you see where he transferred to? Uh, No. Maryland? Is that it? Maryland. Or, he did go to Maryland. Okay. Like, I, boy, he was kind of acting like he was – that just – I'd rather be at NC State than I would Maryland. I'll, I'll put it that way. I mean, nothing against Mike Loxley. I, I, if, if you're a quarterback, I wouldn't say so. Mike Loxley's a quarterback guy. Yeah. You'd rather be with a guy known for, I mean, t- t- to his brother might be a first round pit. I mean, I, I saw he just opted out on the Music City Bowl, man. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. If, I, if I'm a quarterback, I'd rather put myself in a guy that's produced for, uh, draft, NFL draft picks than go with a defensive coach that hasn't. Dude, I mean, Maryland football is about as sexy as a rock. 
I mean, I know. Like, that's, I, I know, but guys are – NC State has terrible offense. You don't want to be a quarterback in that system with the defense. Yeah, okay. I mean, I just – you know, Maryland is ACC football adjacent. Right. They're, they're gonna, because, yeah, because right. Because they're, they're, they're bottom of the Big Ten bullshit. So, I, I don't know. I just – I, oh, I needed no, to take I, that yeah. – but just Mar- let me take that opportunity to just let me take that opportunity to shit on Maryland football, okay? That's I, I just that, but Maryland actually plays a sexy a sexy brain of offensive football. They're just always going to win five to seven games in the Big Ten because they are who they are. Um, but NC State, they're going to win eight or nine games. But NC State is basically the Iowa of the ACC. Yeah, I mean they're better than that offensively. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to you know you know make NC State fans too mad at us there. That might be. But, it might be but, a little harsh. Wouldn't you agree that's a fair comparison? I mean, their offense—no one's offense is as bad as Iowa's, but that's what they do. And if you're if you're a quarterback, you don't really want to go there. I mean, there, there's no doubt they were really. I'm sticking up for NC State here. I'm saying that that quarterback leaving to you know thumb his nose at NC State to go to Maryland is pretty stupid. So that's my official take. That's my official take on it. NC State fans, I'm here for you. I'm just trying to look at. Um what NC State was in the FEI last year. They were, uh, look, I mean, look, NC State last season, they were 96th in the FEI offensively and 13th defensively. So, you know, back-to-back seasons here that they've been really reliant on that defense. They have struggled offensively. I was just looking at 2021. They were uh, they were 59th offensively and the defense was 12th. Which is a great call-out, actually, because, I mean, year in and year out, this North Carolina State defense has been really good. I mean, I just said it. 12th in 2021 in the FEI, 13th last season, and 18th this year. They, uh, they, they're definitely built to, to kind of win like Iowa, where they'd, they'd rather win 17-10. to 10 than Yeah, you know, and I've... I remember watching, you know, talking about Peyton Wilson as maybe the the jumping off point here. I remember watching him in 2018, 2019 at North Carolina State. He was a really good player back then as a freshman for him. I think he was an all-league type player back then. Then he suffered a season-ending knee injury at one point. But as I mentioned, he's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He's the National College Football Defensive Player of the Year, winning the Chuck Bednarik Award. Uh, as well 138 tackles this last year he's a six-year guy of the 24 defenders who played at least 75 snaps as a pass rusher 250 in coverage this season Wilson had the best tackle rate tied for fourth in sacks both the most run stuffs which is tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage the most TFLs tied for the most takeaways etc he's one hell of a player um been one of three players since 2018 with 100 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, five sacks, three interceptions, et cetera. You can go down his resume. He's terrific. Now, it's been reported by multiple people that he is unlikely to play in the bowl game. He's going to be a draft pick this uh, upcoming year, but he's been playing it kind of coy. We haven't heard anything definitive, right, D.Y., on his status? Yeah, it's kind of going back and, and forth, so we don't necessarily know uh... – it, it sounds like probably not going to play, but I don't know if we can 100% say that with conviction at this point because of how coy it has been. I do. I did bring up NC State and Maryland offensive stuff just to kind of yank at that chain for Kurtz. So, so NC Maryland threw the ball over 100 times more than NC State this year. Uh, they completed 68% of their passes. NC State completed 59. Uh, Maryland threw for 3,500 yards this year. NC State threw for 2,300. 
and Maryland will perpetually start four and one and finish five and seven. And that's you know, absolutely. But I think a quarterback, look, you know this better than anyone in this day and age. A kid would like, would rather be featured than go to somewhere where and win more games and not be featured. That's where we sit. You guys have any more Maryland breakdowns for me or <laughs> I had to prove a point. Sorry. All right. These damn kids, these damn kids, they won't play for the name on the front of the jersey. They want to play for the name on the back of the jersey. I I, I cannot wait to watch the Music City Bowl now. Maryland Auburn and text text John and DY about it, about thoughts and it. Auburn is gonna Auburn will smash them. Auburn, Auburn lost smash them. Auburn lost to New Auburn, Mexico State by twenty. Auburn lost to New Mexico State this year. Let's, let's, let's hey, Auburn had first of all, that's a ten win team. How dare you? And second of all, Auburn had Alabama beats. Okay, if not for one terrible defensive call, that game was that game was done. I I I'm going to put money on Maryland to win, and now I'm I got I'm invested. No, I haven't made a bet all year. I'll put money on Maryland to lose. How much can I tease that to where it's like Auburn, you know, minus seventy five? Cold is completely baffled. What is going? I I we we have lost dozens of listeners over the last five minutes. Uh, they like us more when we're off the rails. So we're talking well, Music City Bowl than the Pop Tarts. Yeah, uh, I mean, I always like the Music City Bowl. Brett, your mark if you could get that in the Big Twelve rotation, that'd be lovely. Um, all right, you know where Maryland should be playing? Maryland should be forever doomed to the Liberty Bowl. Maryland should play nowhere except even if they're not bowl eligible, they should have to go play at the Liberty Bowl every single year at the end of the season. They should have to deal with that. We're going to need some more conference realignment for that because the ACC or the Big Ten, sorry, does not go to the Liberty. All right. North Carolina State defense. 1.63 points per drive allowed, ranking 18th nationally. Troy and Texas ranked 12th and 13th nationally in points per drive. The only two defenses better than North Carolina State's defense that K-State will have faced in that category this season. 42nd nationally, allowing 3.9 yards per carry a 7.6% sack rate that ranks 36 nationally, 19th in pass efficiency defense. Only Iowa State ranked better this season out of K-State's opponents, 30th in the country, allowing 6.7 yards per pass attempt. This is where they're dangerous. They force a lot of turnovers. They force you into mistakes. Uh, They're going to apply some pressure on Avery Johnson. It's going to be a real test for him and Connor Riley in his first game as the offensive coordinator. North Carolina State is sixth in the country in interception percentage. They pick off an opponent pass on 4.4% of their plays. They're number three in the country with 2.1 takeaways per game. They have forced at least one turnover in all 12 of their games this season. In ACC play alone, their last nine games, they have forced 21 turnovers, which includes 15 interceptions in those nine games. So a really good defense. They're going to turn you over. Can K-State take care of the football? Obviously, K-State offensively really solid this year with Colin Klein leading him at the helm, 16th overall in ESPN's SP+. Plus. Offensively, offense ranked 7th, um, you know, in the uh, – or I'm sorry, overall in the SP+, Plus, K-State was 16th, but the offense ranked 7th in the SP+, Plus, and they were number 12 in Brian Freemau's FEI ratings, or number 11, actually, I'm sorry. So 3.05 points per drive, number 12 nationally. It's just going to be interesting what this offense looks like with Connor Riley and Avery Johnson as we teed it up at the beginning. Uh, the good news is K-State has their entire offensive line playing in this bowl game, which I think is important You know, for Avery Johnson's real first true start under center or in shotgun for Kansas State at the quarterback position. I think that'll be comforting for him 
as he'll be down a couple weapons in Philip Brooks and Ben Sennett. And by the way, shout out to Cooper Beebe for for deciding to play and saying that there was like no hesitation at all for him to to play in the bowl game. A guy that certainly didn't have to do that, and that that will be a big benefit to uh, Avery Johnson. Yeah. Dwyer was smiling too much there. I were you looking up more Maryland offensive stats? You're like looking at your computer screen. If, if, if you if you say Maryland one more time, I'm <laughs> no, leaving. I am leaving Fremont. This wasn't about that. No, I think I was just doing signing stuff because as I try to multitask here, because um, Kansas State signed, you're just waiting for one more. But I, what I wanted to say is, and I'm not calling anyone out for not playing. It's I, I get that it's an individual decision. Um, it's good that it's cool that Cooper Beebe chose to play. I understand Ben Sinnott not playing. I understand most of them. I guess I would just say I was stunned at. The, Philip Brooks for not because he's obviously going to opt out for the bowl game a 60 year senior that came back for a COVID year at Kansas State and I understand him you know having the desire or the confidence to believe that he could play at the next level but you would think that for where he is at in that process that playing in the bowl game would have at least helped um, from his standpoint so that one I just thought was really weird yeah I mean I yeah. disagree yeah yeah no I think that's that's odd, but um, I'm not. I'm not all that upset about it. No knock on Philip Brooks, but want to see. We want to see someone else get an opportunity. Yeah, that's no. gonna be part of the future. Yeah, no. I mean, I respect the decision. It's an individual, and everyone has to do what's in their best interest or what they think is in their best interest. I guess I just logically have a hard time coming around on that one. I mean, you know, Seth, our guy Seth Porter, he's going to get a shot maybe to play a few more snaps in the slot. He'll probably be the guy on punt return too, right? I mean, because Philip Brooks was the main guy on, on punt return. They'll probably have to put him back there. Yeah. I mean, Trey, you look at kick return, it was Treshawn Ward and Philip Brooks for much of the time, right? And they're yeah. both gone. That's what I was saying. If there was another one, it was the next one might have been Treshawn Ward. So Philip Brooks... You know, someone I would like to see on it, and and maybe they're a little bit too lean, and you worry about what might happen. It's a guy like Keenan Garber. What about Avery Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. That's a or Jacob Parrish. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, well, uh, fair, fair. well Jacob Parrish got hurt on special teams in practice, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, boy, I forgot about that. Yeah, fair enough point on Phillip Brooks. You know, when you don't play in a high-powered offense like Maryland's, you got to take every opportunity that you can to uh, to prove yourself. And the bowl game would would certainly be. I've lost awesome. my Christmas. I've lost. I've lost my Christmas spirit with your guys' bullshit today on here. So, you, you know. guys, you guys ready for some uh, quick hitters? Maybe we can regain that for you, Cole. Sure, I'm so excited. You have a Maryland quick hitter question in there. Uh, I'll be way. sure to insert Maryland into one of my answers. Okay. Um. Avery Johnson turnovers in this game, over under one and a half. So not the team, but Avery Johnson turnovers. You just outlined how good NC State is at turning people over. Um, first start for Avery Johnson, new offensive coordinator. Not going to have a guy like Phillip Brooks, not going to have Ben Sinnott. Uh, over under one and a half Avery Johnson turnovers. I'll say under because I don't want to be a total negative Nancy at this point. I think you'll probably see a turnover. It's his first career start. He's a true freshman playing against a nasty defense, but to expect at least two, I, I would, I, I, I hope I don't have to do that. I'm going to take the under as well. I mean, I did just say North Carolina State's forced a turnover in every game this year. In case they will probably turn the ball over, the odds are of that occurring. But I don't think Avery Johnson specifically will have multiple turnovers. 
I agree. I'll take the under. I wanted to see if I if I could get anybody to uh to bite there. Um, more wins as starter next year. Now again, we're recording this on December twentieth. It, it everybody seems to say that Will Howard basically has committed to USC. Um, assuming that he's at USC, more wins as a starter next year. Will Howard or Avery Johnson? Whew, that's a interesting one. I will say. I, actually, maybe Avery. Because what's, what's USC's football schedule? Have we seen it with the Big tough. Ten? I'll, I'll, pull it, I'll pull it up for you. It's pretty tough. I was going to say, they play a tougher schedule. I'm not really totally bullish on what Lincoln Riley has done there um, in terms of cool. being ready for that. But I'm going to say, who do you think they open up with, Cole? LSU and Las Vegas. That is correct. They've got, I pulled it out. LSU. LSU, Utah State, at Michigan, Wisconsin, at Minnesota, Penn State. Boy, I tell you what, Saturday, October 19th, you don't just roll into College Park and come out of there with a win. They are at Maryland on uh, October 19th. So, I mean, we know that's going to be an L. Uh, They host Rutgers. They're they're at Washington. They've got Nebraska at home. They're at UCLA. And then they've got Notre Dame. So, boy, I I mean – Notre Dame at Washington, Penn State at Michigan, neutral site LSU. That's a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's their Big Ten schedule, which now consists of Penn State and Michigan, Wisconsin, Washington, because they're moving to the league with them, and then add in non-conference games against you against uh, Notre Dame and LSU. So, yeah, I, I think Avery's probably the answer, especially if you think Kansas State can get the eight wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at that at USC schedule. I think their ceiling is probably going to be right around eight wins. You know, I, I, at best, I think it's probably a push. I, I would lean toward uh, Avery and Kansas State, though. I, I like the way K State's schedule shakes out next year, dependent also upon what they finish out this class with the transfer portal. There's still some key cogs, there's key holes they need to address over the coming weeks, and hopefully they do so. Maybe I'll feel differently about my answer after the bowl game as well, though. We'll, we'll see. Um, a lot of things still to be figured out, but I would give a slight lean to Kansas State in that scenario and Avery Johnson. But man, you it's going to be fascinating to see Will Howard with more skill talent and what they have at USC and with Lincoln Riley as uh, his coach. That's that's going to be really interesting to watch unfold. I mean, they literally pulled Matt Ince, the North Dakota State head coach, to come be a position coach at USC. Like, no, no love for the USC rebuilding their defensive staff? I've never seen Lincoln Riley successfully do it yet no matter what he's done. I mean, he took a guy at Alex Grinch who was pretty highly regarded and, and things massively failed um, for him too. So I, I don't, I just don't have a ton of faith in Lincoln Riley being able to, to build a good defense. All right. Who is that? You ready for this one? Who, who is at K-State longer? Avery Johnson or Jerome Tang? Wow. Why would you do that? Well, well why? I, I can't asshole. Nick, Nick, take the question out. Scrap this bullshit. This, this is terrible. Oh, <laughs> What's this question? You okay? You answer it first, then question master. Uh, Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang. We're gonna Richard Richard Linton. Jerome Tang will outlast Richard Linton. He'll be around here a long time. Avery Johnson will be here three years and uh, be a high draft pick. Only with three years, which means only two more. I will say Jerome Tang because of Gene Taylor. I will say Jerome Tang too because of Gene. 
they've been they're really close guys so uh and dy I saw you write that as well but uh, this has done nothing but forge that relationship like how i used the word forge coach tang you know uh forge that relationship made it even stronger than it already was through all of this so yeah i'll take uh i'll take jerome tang but i, I think avery johnson's gonna be uh be here a couple years as well a couple more years uh what number oh wow no you don't think avery's good enough to just play two years as a starter and then and then that, that well, this is year one. That that would be three years, and then he would go pro. Uh, check your math. Yeah. So no. wow. So okay. Your math. We're going on fifty-four minutes. It's past past nine o'clock, and I got a we got another show to record, and I got a press conference at eleven. Oh, we'll get you out here, DY. Don't worry. So. Good lord! Come on, Peter Gallery. I'm delivering fire questions here. Well, just take we we wouldn't be done if it wasn't for the Maryland talk. But okay, it was these are knife twisting questions. Is what they Which that number winds up being higher? Which number winds up being higher? K State football total wins next season, or K State basketball conference wins this year? Conference basketball conference wins. I th- they can get the nine. Uh. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this in the. By the way, again, remember we're doing this in the aftermath of losing by seventeen at home to Nebraska. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. But I'm sorry. It was also 16. still some really good moments. They also beat Providence, who just shit all over Marquette. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think they can get to nine. It's uh, just a little team. They're capable of beating anyone. Capable of losing everyone. So, five hundred at best, or five hundred at worst, in my opinion. I'll be optimistic and I'll say K State basketball conference wins. Although I don't know if that's optimistic because then that makes it seem like I don't think K-State football can get to nine wins next year, which I think they can. They can, but that's not their floor. I think a floor is still nine and nine for basketball. I'll go push. I I think they're both looking like nine wins. So, all right. All right. John Bullish on the football team next year. Let's go. Yeah, let's go, baby. I mean, they're upgrading a lot of these positions so far in the portal. We'll be all right. All right. Um, who lands who lands a power five head coaching job first, Colin Klein or Andy Kotelnicki? Colin Klein. Um I think it's easier to do as an SSC offense coordinator if you're having a lot of success. Yeah, it's great. I I would say I, Colin Klein just I, because like Penn State, I you guys know my thoughts on Penn State. I, I hate them probably more than Maryland. Uh so I, I don't I'm not as I think Andy Kotelnicki might actually be the better offensive mind. But I think Colin Klein's in a better position to succeed. I mean, we can say that, but Joe Moorhead got a job, got a head coaching job by being the Penn State OC too. So under I don't I don't I think I think I don't know. I think Drew Aller kind of sucks. I'll say Andy Koldonicki because if he can transform Drew Allard into a uh, a quality quarterback, then uh, I think that'll get him get him hired somewhere. All right, finally, uh Cole is dressed basically as Santa today. So uh what what is Cole bringing Richard Linton for Christmas. Dy, that's uh, you. 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 What do you think, Cole? Oh, I'm going to do a hell of a lot more than that. I mean, uh, that, actually, that could be that. That could be construed as some sort of threat. Let me nudge on what I just said. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll probably send him a three maw gift basket. You know, what what would a three maw gift basket include for? President Linton, you know, a return, a, a former guest on Three Maw. God, you like tell a, me. This, this is all you. I'm not. I'm not stepping into this one. This is yours. 
we got we got these uh, three moss shirts for thanks to Sandlot Goods that we could uh, we could send him. Um, is that is he really the brand? Is he really the brand ambassador that we want? No, he's not. Um, we could send him a uh, a KCSN koozie here, brought to you by Sandlot Goods as well. Um, but but maybe we should just go with the uh, with Cole. I don't know. Uh, I think I, I have you Cole. I would I would actually take your strategy and flip it. I think we should send him like some eight no seats gear. You know, seems like the guy is more of a Kansas fan than a K State fan. You know, with the way he's treated the program. So send him some eight no seats gear and get him on the the Kansas. I'm gonna sit. I know. You know I know what. Actually, I know what was. You know, get him some Memphis Tiger. Ah, damn it, D.Y., That's what I was gonna say. I'm gonna send him a bunch of Memphis gear. I'm gonna send him a Naquan Tomlin jersey. Send his ass a Tomlin jersey. Yeah. 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 In a Memphis one. Yeah, I'll send him that. Um, um, maybe I'll send him you know, something. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that, and uh, we'll see if we can get pre- – it'll be a little late because I haven't considered it yet, but uh, we'll, we'll get President Litton some sort of gift, and I uh, hope, he, hope he's doing well. So I'll, uh, I'll even I'll, – just for good measure, I'll throw in a receipt from a Western Union transaction at Dillon's. I'll just I'll top it all off with that. And that's how we'll do it. Probably going to be the next thing he's after. Yeah, I would, have... I would. I'm just going to take this opportunity really quick to say that um, Clemson hit for me on the final week of the regular season, which put me out of reach for everybody in the lead pipe lock of the week. So I win the title at six and five. Did not even have to ask you guys. Did not even have to ask you guys for your final selections because it means that uh, that I won. But the bull the bull fat bull picks are worth three points. Mm. No, they're not. I even gave you a chance at one point during the year. There was one game where I said you could get three points for getting it correct, and uh, that didn't that didn't hit for you. So I'm sorry. Uh, I, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. <laughs> Pred- predictions. Predictions. Cole, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to take K State. Uh, K State FPI actually ESPN's FPI is K State has a 75 percent chance to win. Now, of course that doesn't count in opt-outs and transfers, et cetera, for the bowl game. K-State currently right around two and a half, three-point favorites. That line kind of obviously shift. We're recording this a little early, but I'll take K-State to win this game 27-24. to 24. NC State is a pretty nasty defense. I think you probably, even without Peyton Wilson, uh, you got a first-game first offense coordinator on the other side, or first-time starting quarterback on the other side. Uh, a lot of other young players playing. NC State's been hit by the transfer portal too, but I don't think as many of the regular contributors. They don't have a great offense, but I think their defense can do enough, and NC State wins 23-20. What? I've got NC State too. I've got, I've got NC State 27-23. Uh, by the way, the only, time, the only time Chris Kleiman's won a bowl game was against the very depleted LSU team, right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know what I'll send you guys for Christmas? Grinch costumes. Shame on you. Shame on both of you. <laughs> Why don't you just go move to Raleigh with your Wolfpack families? You know? We so. wouldn't be the first Kansas guy to do it. Dave Dorn. Well, you know, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Speaking of speaking of all this, everything we've just been talking about, what colors do you think Richard Linton is going to be wearing on, well, on the 29th? You know, coming from the, you know, Wolfpack family. Probably has a lot of great relationships there, I'm sure. Uh, any any Maryland Auburn picks for the Music City Bowl? I got the Terps. 
and I'll, <laughs> I'll take I'll take uh I'll, I'll take Maryland just to aggravate John. <laughs> so I don't even uh, care anymore. I love that you got to the point where we're <laughs> going into the relationships uh, and had at NC State. Yeah. So oh, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, hail yeah. hail to the chief. Go hail go the, cats. Go commander in chief. Yeah. Hey, remember when he had me do the cat signal? You know, and I had to do it on the air with him. It's better than the one I did with Uso. It was like this. So yeah, it still needs a little bit of work, though. I would say. Um, yeah. Okay. We all need a little bit of work. Let's be honest. We all need a little bit of work, but uh, our friends at Homefield Apparel do not. Our friends at Holiday Distillery do not. Nick Springer does not behind the scenes. It's us three, Derek Young, Cole Manbeck, John Kurtz, that uh, need all the work. So please uh, send your thoughts and prayers to uh, to all of us. Thank you for uh, listening once again. Appreciate the help of all of our sponsors. We will talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to another edition of 3. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.